Sometimes it's those burdens that make it difficult for us to see that Jesus is right there with us. I imagine that was part of it with those uh, disciples, that having all the stuff going on, all their their, uh, frustration and sorrow, they couldn't see. And so they were searching for, they didn't even know what at that point. They had lost Jesus, and so what else do you have? Um, as disciples, one of the things we talk about is, is it is vital that we have a life open to Jesus, open to, to hear what God would say to us today. And, and they thought they had lost Jesus, but it, they were still practicing some of the things that helped them stay open to Jesus. They were, one, together. We know God in community. That's, that's vital. Second, uh, they were talking about they were discussing. It's in the Hebrew tradition. It's called midrash, as you discuss and, and sort of argue about faith and, and issues and topics. So, so they're having these conversations. They also welcomed a stranger into their conversation. Did you see that? That this person came up and they were like, <laughs> "No." They welcomed him into the conversation. They continued having this talk. And then when that stranger began to tell them things about God that they didn't say, well, we were with Jesus, we should know this, blah, blah, blah. You know, they didn't argue back, right? They listened. They had Jesus with them and they didn't know it was him. But let's be honest, for the disciples, that wasn't exactly unusual for them to not get things, right? If you know the gospel story, there were multiple times when Jesus would teach and then they'd go somewhere and they would say, so, so what did that mean? <laughs> what, what did that? And there were times when Jesus would be like, have you guys not gotten it yet? My favorite one, my favorite one of those is they were in a boat going across the Sea of Galilee and Jesus looked at them and said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. And they looked at one another and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread, Aaron. And Jesus looked at him and said, what? Why are you talking about bread? Because you said something about yeast of the Pharisees. He was like, no, don't you remember when I fed the 5,000? How many basketfuls were left over? And they said, 12. And he said, and after we fed the 4,000, how many basketfuls were left over? Seven. Don't you get it? And they, along with us, say, no. Not a clue. We have no idea what the heck that means. There are times where Jesus is still a mystery. Amen? There are still times where like, I've read this, I don't know how many hundreds of times, and I still don't get it. You do not have to get it all to follow Jesus. In fact, one youth group I led, uh, it was the first youth group I led outside of my home church, they named themselves because several of them liked the Cubs and they had Cubs hats. And in that day, people were making fun of people for being clueless and they would go, you're clueless. <laughs> and then they had Cubs hats, which only cemented the deal. <laughs> Sorry for any Cubs fans in the house. I didn't mean it to sound that way. It was already out. Anyway, so they started calling themselves clueless for Christ. And if you had known them, it was a fitting conversation for them. But the story, you have these disciples who were clueless with Christ right there. They were still practicing some things that helped them to, to be open to Jesus, though. 
And I named some of those. They, they practiced hospitality. They welcomed a stranger. They listened. There are two other things that I think they did that I want to lift up to you today. And these are going to be your faith work for the week. These are some things I think we can practice to help us to see Christ in us and around us. The first thing was they paid attention, right? When I work with preschoolers, I tell them, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? When I work with youth, I tell them, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. When I work with couples, I say, you see the pattern? God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Use these more than you use this. Listen, pay attention, pay attention. And in the scriptures, we see story after story of people who paid attention. And because of that, they encountered God. Moses in the wilderness, taking care of sheep, walking around. Do, 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 do. And he sees what? There's a bush on fire. And he goes, fire. Maybe I should move people, my people, <laughs> sheep. Maybe I should move the sheep and any people that I find along the way away from the fire. And then he takes a moment and goes, wait a minute. And he paid attention. And he sees that this bush wasn't burning up. And he's like, he doesn't go, well, I still think I'm just going to get everybody out of here. He goes, huh, that's different. What's going on? And he takes a moment and God got his attention and he had this encounter with God because of that. Joshua in the book of Joshua that's how that worked. He, uh, he was getting ready to attack uh, the, the promised land and bring the Jewish people in or the Israelites into the promised land. And he sees this person and he's like, are you for us or our enemies? He paid attention. He wanted to know who you were, but he didn't just go, guy, avoid, don't know him. He's not one. Right? He looked at him and he got curious. He asked a question because he was paying attention. And the guy said, I'm, I'm the commander of the Lord. I am the commander of the angel armies. And as thus I've come, I'm not for you or your enemies. And he's like, oh, he has this encounter with God because of that. The disciples, multiple times, I mean, one in specific, Jesus takes them up on the mountain and they see Jesus transformed and they said, we should make this like, like the time our people wandered in the wilderness and we'll put up some tents like we do every year when we celebrate and remember that because the Shekinah glory, the glory of God is right here and we're experiencing it. They paid attention. They paid attention. It's hard for us to sometimes pay attention, isn't it? Because we get distracted. We get distracted by stuff going on around us, by family, by our phones, by squirrel, right? Happens. And so one of the things I want to encourage you to do is pay attention this week to where God is at work. And don't just pay attention to it, but say something about it. That's the second thing. The second thing I want you to do, this is your faith work. This is it. I want you to look at how God is at work in someone else and around you. If you've been in a committee meeting with me, my favorite question, and, and it's something that I do in Bible studies, where have you seen God at work? Where have you seen God? Emily just did that with the kids, right? And I love her idea of at dinner, share where you saw God at work. That's a great idea. I think that's beautiful. I would encourage all of you to do that. Where did you see God at work? But seeing it in somebody else, before you can see it in somebody else, 
You can't give what you don't got. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So I want you to practice here together right now this morning. Where have you seen God at work in you? You are made in the image of God, so I guarantee God is at work in you somehow. Are you all the way there? Nope would be the answer. You're not all the way there. But just like they didn't have to have everything together, neither do you. But I guarantee God is at work in you. And I want to just use a real quick uh, um, something. Illustration, example, whatever. The fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Love the guy with the umbrella. Goodness. Thumbs up. Faithfulness. I love the dog. <laughs> yes, it's a corgi. You're right. It's beautiful. No, don't be sorry. Self-control. I had to ask Jake last service because when I saw the video originally, it was on my phone and it was just this little square. And I was like, I cannot tell what the last one is. But it's a guy who's got a puppet strings controlling himself. I thought that was very witty. Well done. Where do you see the fruit of the Spirit in you? Where is the Holy Spirit active and alive in you? In your heart, yeah. Where are you seeing yourself being loving? Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself being joyful? In my stomach, that's yeah. In your spirit. Where do you see goodness at work through you? Where do you see patience? How many of y'all struggle with patience? It's okay. What would happen if you took a moment and said, I am more patient now than I was a year ago, five years ago? This is here in a moment. I'm going to invite you to pray together with me. God, thank you for making me more patient or more joyful or more whatever. But I want you to hold these because these, at least in some degree, are active in you right now. I guarantee it. At one degree or another. So what would happen if you took a moment and you celebrated how God is at work in you? Because if you can do that, then you can do that for somebody else with a genuine heart. It is sometimes easier for us to see God at work in other people. Does that make sense? But when we compare ourselves in that way, well, God's more at work at them than us, than me. When we report that to them, we don't necessarily report that to them uh, in the best way, in the fullest way to bring them hope and peace. I'm not saying that right, but anyway. So I want, I want you to take a moment and look at yourself. Where is God at work in you? Just take a moment. Where is God at work in you? Where is the Holy Spirit bringing fruit into you? Where are you more loving, more joyful, more peaceful? 
kinder, more patient, faithful, more gentle, self-controlled, gooder. Did that one for the English teachers. And you're patient enough to deal with it. Ouch. Nice. Well played. <laughs> All right. So, go ahead and go to the next slide. What I'm going to talk about, what I'm thanking God for is being more patient. Um, you all are the recipients of a more patient pastor than I was at my last church and the church before that and the church before that. My first church, I figured we would be able to change the world in six weeks, and I found out I couldn't even change the bulletin without angering somebody. Um, and I learned to take my time. And because of that, uh, I learned as the Brownis Hope team found out this morning, I learned to be patient enough to wait until the church said, this is where God's calling us to let the church ministry form. And the church owned the ministry, so it wasn't the ministry of Kurt. Which is better, the ministry of Kurt or the ministry of all the church? All the church. I tell my staff, we are better than me every day. And it is true. But that came from patience and from learning and from not being patient. So I'm a more patient. So I'm going to say, thank you, God, for making me more patient. I want you to pick where you see God developing the fruit in you. Okay? Does this make sense? And here in a moment, we're going to thank God for that. Are you ready? All right. Count of three. One, two, three. Thank you, God, for making me more patient. All right. So. Eastertide, I said, was a season of celebration, right? So I want you to imagine that you're at the baseball game on Friday and Purdue is one run down in the bottom of the ninth. It's the bottom of the top. The bottom is when they're back up to bat, right? I never can remember. Help me out. Bottom is, so, okay, so it's last chance. They've got a guy on second, two outs, and the person who comes up to bat hits a pop-up. I want you to pray that with the thanksgiving and praise that you would pray to distract the Michigan defender who's trying to catch the ball. You do that? All right, let's try that again. One, two, three. Game is over. <laughs> he caught it. <laughs> he caught it, right? <laughs> that wouldn't distract the peanut salesman. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> Woo. Right? Right? So let's try it again. I want you to, to distract that person with the joy you have that they're about to miss it. All right? One, two, three. Thank you, God, for making me more patient. All right, that was better, that was better. We're getting there, all right. <laughs> yeah, practice that before Friday. Um, I want you to spend this week taking some time thanking God for what God's done in you, but I want you to do one other thing. I want you to tell the band to come back. Thank you, Jake, for reminding me where we are. I want you to also look at where you see that happening in other people. 
when, when I talk with people who are going through stuff, and, and as I work with them and, and help them develop a plan of how they're going to get through it, more than once I hear them say that they just want to know what God's going to do and how they're going to get there, and they want to be for certain what God's going to do. And I said, you know, it's called a leap of faith for a reason. You don't get certainty. And, and Pastor Bruce reminded me between service, we can be certain of two things, that God loves us and that God has saved us. That we can be certain of. And he's right, we can be. But as far as what the perfect next thing for you to do is, not, <laughs> none of us get that. None of us get that. That's why it's called a leap of faith. And more than once as I've worked with people, as they work through, I say, you know what? I really see God working in you in this. I see you being more patient. I see you being more loving. I see you work, and, and I see God doing some great things. And, and it amazes me over and over again how for many people, the first time they've heard somebody say, I see God at work in you, was when I said it in that moment. So I want you to think of somebody who you see God at work in. Think of somebody you see God at work in. And what would happen this week if you said, if you wrote a note, right? Not a text, not an email, because those will digitally erase before too long, right? But a note in your handwriting saying, I see God at work in you. I see you being more loving. If you have somebody who's always sort of gruff, if you work with a, an individual who always just like, rah, 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 and you see them be patient, I see you being more gentle with this person. Good job. I see God at work in you. What would happen if you did that this week to somebody? What if you did that? Here's what would happen. Your God sighting that day would be, I wrote a note. <laughs> and, and nobody died. Woo! Right? Not only that, but I was, it was received and this person felt like, there was a God moment. And you know what that God moment's going to be for that person when they go home? This person gave me this note today and said, they saw God at work in me. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing. So that's what I want to give you for faith work this week. Put your faith to work this week. See it in yourself. Celebrate what God's doing in you. And share it where you see God at work with somebody else. Let me pray for you. Thank you, God, for my people. And thank you, God, that I see them being more enacting of their faith. Thank you for the ways they'll live that out this week, and please bless them for it. In Jesus' name, amen.